is Juliana McIntosh. And I'm Brad Sutton. And, and this, this is, is The Art, Art of, of Drinking. Drinking. With Join Jules. And your favorite uncle. This is the best home bartending podcast. Where you learn how to make two drinks. A classic. And a twist. Plus a little backstory on the cocktail. So you have an interesting story to tell when you serve your guests. Your home crafted masterpiece. Uncle Brad, are you ready to hear me say it again? I am ready to hear you say it. And then you need to be ready for what I say. This is one of my favorite cocktails in the entire world. It's popular for a reason. Uncle Brad, you don't, I believe you were the one who shot me down. Is this a classic cocktail? I raise you and say it is. We're drinking the espresso martini. We are drinking the espresso martini and I hate this cocktail. No, <laughs> it is a cult favorite, by the way. It has okay. a cult following. Yeah, let me, let me, let me finish. I hate this cocktail because I drank mine in literally under five minutes. <laughs> ah, ah, I see. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. Easy to it, do. Uh, it, so when we first started talking about doing the espresso martini, I'm like, come on, this is a little, you know, right. this is a little you gave, you new gave school me a, versus yeah. old school. Mm-hmm. But, you know, as I kind of thought and I paused and it's like, okay, you think about like foundational drinks. Like what should I, what should I know how to make in my home bar? Mm-hmm. The espresso martini has a home. And, you know, we're going to talk about the martini martini, and there's a right way and a wrong way to doing a martini. The espresso martini is an expression that takes that vodka canvas and paints on it. And this is a new classic. So mm-hmm. this is a cocktail from the 80s, 1980, and therefore totally classifies <laughs> as a classic cocktail because it's a long time ago. Mm-hmm. So there you have it. Yeah, I mean, coffee cocktails, I feel like, I don't know if it's me just, you know, getting the older I get, the more I love coffee. But there definitely, I feel like, was a resurgence of this cocktail where now you go out with your girlfriends, you go out to dinner. Once I'm done eating, I want an espresso martini. Like, that's just, there's something about it that just makes me yearn for it. Anytime I go out to dinner or go out with my girlfriends, it's like, Maybe it's that caffeine kick with booze where it just gets me going, you know? Yeah, well, it's kind of where this thing came from. Yeah. But I'll also tell you that I have paused many times before ordering an espresso martini because sometimes it's got like chocolate drizzled right. over, over the glass. It's got whipped cream on it. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, come on, settle down. Can't we just make the drink the way it's supposed to be made? Well, and it's so good. The right, like the classic way. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's not this sweet dessert bomb hit in the face. It's it's like an elegant drink and yeah. made, again, correctly. You're going to want to put this thing in the rotation because it is an awesome drink. And it was actually made by a genius in the in the bartending industry. So, so let's get into it. Let's talk about the espresso martini. Well, Uncle Brad, we know that we're making the classic espresso martini. And I've been talking the espresso martini up because... I do, truly. There's no lies here. I love the espresso Mm. martini. However, I think I love this cocktail called the Carajil better. And I had this first when I was in Mexico. And every time I go back to Mexico, I'm served 
a carajillo. And yes, I mean served because somehow they pop up right in front of me. I swear <laughs> they're better than the espresso martini. Both having that same, you know, the boost, the espresso shaken still has that same foundation. I th- I do. I am a firm believer that this is my new espresso martini because I was the classic lover and now I've moved to this one. So I'm excited that we're talking about both today and I'm excited that we're learning about the history of the espresso martini because believe it or not, bartenders love and hate this cocktail because there's a lot that goes into this cocktail and I'm talking about a workout. Yeah, I don't know. There's a lot that goes into it. If people hate it, it's because they don't have the espresso ready or they got to go right? make coffee or they got to go run from their station to go get the uh, the espresso. There was so, a full article. Know. I can't remember where I saw it, but it was bartenders will hate when you order this. And I think it has everything to do with pulling fresh espresso, shaking it up as hard as you can to get the froth. Like there's not a lot that goes into it, but doing it right, and then, then it starts to, All you right, know. <clears throat> Hold on a sec. Listen, if you're bartending and you're complaining about shaking a drink, mm-hmm. buddy, don't be a bartender. I'm okay, with you. that's like the customer service agent that you call who's in a bad mood. Maybe that's not your industry. Right. So if you're gonna complain about shaking, I don't want you making a drink for me. Okay. Thanks. Done. Period. End of story. I do understand how you're like, look, man, I'm going to walk away from behind the bar, my station, go like get the espresso or whatever, and then I got to cool it off. Okay, fine. Fair enough. But I don't know. There's an answer to that, too. Maybe have some waiting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so so we'll talk about how to do this. This is not that complex, so I don't want people to freak out. This is the easiest foundational riff cocktail, if you want to call it a riff. I'm telling you, making the classic is... Totally doable. And I know this Katahio, which interestingly enough, with both cocktails, if people have been following along this season, they should have the ingredients to make it mm-hmm. sans the uh, liquor 43, which yeah. goes in your cocktail. So yeah. That being said, let's get to let's get to what we need, Uncle Brad, for the classic espresso martini. All right. Well then I'll go first. And then <laughs> we already know that we need liquor 43 for uh for yours. For so here we go. So what do you need to buy? Go get vodka. You're going to want vodka. You're going to want uh, espresso. So if you make espresso at home via Nespresso, that's pretty awesome. Totally. And I'm going to tell you right now, that stuff works great. If you've got an espresso maker, sure, get into it. Make an espresso. If you don't have either, but you got a coffee maker, great. Get some really dark roast coffee because the oils in the beans are what is important. Hopefully you have a coffee grinder. And if you don't grind your own coffee, there's no shame in that game. But uh, do yourself a favor and give it a shot. Go buy a grinder. They're not expensive. Take it easy. Go get some whole bean coffee and grind your own beans. It's not that big of a deal. And it actually tastes a lot different. Mm -hmm. Especially if you're going to make espresso martinis, you're going to want those whole beans because you put them in the garnish. Yeah. All right. So you got your espresso. And then you are going to go get some coffee liqueur. Uh, Mm -hmm. The classic recipe uses Kahlua. Kahlua works just fine. But if you've got a local distiller, you want to give them some business, go pick up their coffee liqueur. Yeah. Mr. Black's is my favorite for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Then you're going to need some sugar for the simple syrup. 
of course, you're going to need ice because we always use ice. And then we're going to uh, get a coupe glass for my coupe, my coupe queen here. Coupe gals, yes. Coupe gals, there you go. And then, uh, I'm sorry, it's not, coupe guys too. I'm a coupe guy. Coupe uh, all. Coupe, <laughs> coupe Everybody. all. Everybody. coupe all. Everybody's a coupe. All right, uh, and then you're going to want your shaker, of course, your Hawthorne strainer, and that's the strainer with the springs mm-hmm. that you put on top of the shaker. And again, we like the 2818 tin-on-tin Boston shaker. And then your fine mesh strainer to strain out all those little ice bits. Mm-hmm. Jules, My turn. what are we doing for yours? All right, so we're going a little off script here. Uncle Brad mm-hmm. already talked about how we're going to have Liquor 43. And disclaimer, this was not in our foundational episode zero of uh, what you should have in your bar. So just uh, if you want to make this one, you might need to go out and get that Liquor 43. Yeah. Again, what did I say in that episode? Build your bar Build one you- drink at a time. Yep. One yep. drink at a time. Exactly. Yep. And if you love coffee... Get the liquor 43. Trust me. So for this one, you're going to want tequila. And you can Mm -hmm. do, I mean, if you want to keep it, you know, just regular, you can do a Blanco. I definitely think a Reposado is better here, but up to your preference. So Listen, it is better. It is better. Do the Reposado. Yeah. So you got your tequila Reposado, liquor 43. You need your espresso. You're going to grab your ice. You're also gonna need an orange for the orange zest. You're gonna need a rocks glass, Boston shaker, and a jigger. And that's what you need for a katahio. And before we get comments about that is not the katahio, the katahio that I am talking about is the katahio that I have had in Mexico. I know that there are different variations and I believe it originated in Spain, but the ones that I have continued to have down in Baja and Mexico, this is the recipe. So, so yeah, and I'm sorry, Jules, do you like it? I lo- oh my God, I can't stress. It's a new espresso martini. So you've had it and you said, damn it, that's good? Damn it, that's good. Yeah, yeah. every so time. So then we should try it. Yeah. Yeah, all right, yeah. done. Don't knock it till you try it. All right, I can't wait to show you how to make it. get caffeinated? Yeah, juiced up. I'm already, I've already had one of these. <laughs> yeah, baby, this will get you going. This And hey, you know, if you need to pick me up on the weekend over a mimosa, have an espresso martini. You want an alternative to a vodka Red Bull? Espresso Ooh, martini. God, please yes, tell sir. me you want an alternative to a vodka Red Bull for Pete's sakes. <laughs> if what? you're no. listening to this, you've now dumped <laughs> that down the sink drain and you're pulling your espresso currently. Yeah, hey, listen, you know, no, I mean, it's mild judgment, right? Like you're probably like, well, I'm, that's why I'm listening. I don't want to make vodka right, Red right, Bulls right. anymore. Great, here we go. So just set that aside for your younger self and embrace the mature version. Welcome of that. to a new era. Uncle Brad, take us away. You're an adult. All right, here we go. So how do I make it? Here's the thing about the espresso martini. It is actually pretty easy. You know, Mm -hmm. it takes a little prep work. So, you know, you don't want to put hot espresso or hot, you know, dark roast coffee. I strongly encourage you to use espresso. Mm -hmm. If you don't have it, it's not drink altering, ending bad if you use like a dark roast coffee, but. Or cold brew. Cold brew is a great backup. Culper is actually a really good backup. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. just you want the oil that comes 
in these darker roasts. So mm-hmm. that's the important part because that oil creates the, the silkiness in the drink. Right. Okay, so we know now what kind of coffee we need to buy. We should make it ahead of time if we don't have it already cold or didn't buy a cold brew. So make it, throw it in the fridge, let it chill. While you're doing that, go throw your glasses in the freezer, get those nice and icy. Got to chill your glass. Bada boom. All right, we got our shaker. And in the large side, I like to put two ounces of vodka. And then I take my chilled espresso and I add an ounce of espresso to the shaker. Mm -hmm. And then I take a half ounce of simple syrup and then I take a quarter ounce of Kahlua. Some might argue you need a half ounce of Kahlua. I think that it starts to taste more like a Kahlua cocktail than it does an espresso cocktail. So Uncle Brad, I do three quarters of an ounce of my Mr. Black's. Mr. Black's might have a different texture. Because it's not as sweet as the Kahlua. There you go. And that that's my problem is you already have simple syrup hanging out in here. And the simple syrup right. adds mouthfeel to the drink. Mm-hmm. The Kahlua is a pretty intense flavor. And I have found that when I use a half ounce of that, people don't complain. Don't get me wrong. I was right. doing that over the weekend. And people were like, oh, my God, this is a great drink. And then I started Taste testing. Life. Yeah, you know, I've always kind of liked this with a quarter ounce, you know, so it's just, you yeah. know, depending upon your audience, depending upon you. Again, you have it with a half ounce, you have it with a quarter ounce. It's not the end of the world. Mm-hmm. This is the way Brad likes it. This is the way Brad serves it. This is the way Brad prefers it. This is what Brad's guests have said. Damn, that's a good drink. Okay. This is why he's our favorite uncle. <laughs> all right. So you take all that stuff, you fill the uh, shaker or the small side up with ice and you shake. And you shake and shake and shake and shake and shake and you beat the crap out of this again because we don't rock, we don't lull, we shake and we aggressively shake. We're angry shaking. Mm. We're beating the ice up. We're beating the drink up. We're aerating the drink. It's shake. All right. Yeah. So you get done beating that thing around for about 20, 30 seconds. Pop the tin off. You put the Hawthorne strainer on top of the big side. You then take your chilled coupe glass out of the freezer, which will be nice and frosty right now. And you double strain, so you've got the Hawthorne strainer on the big side of the shaker. You take your mm-hmm. fine mesh strainer, hold it over the top. If you're smart, you got a conical strainer, so everything filters down and not out to the sides. And you pour that into your glass, and then you garnish with three espresso beans or coffee beans, you know, whatever you have. And that is a deliciously simple, easy drink to make. Oh, I love that. Okay. Um, fun fact, I want to make sure I am uh, correct, but the three espresso beans, why? People are like, why three? Health, wealth, and happiness. There you go. And that is why you garnish with three. There you go. Yeah. Speaking of health, wealth, and most importantly, happiness, let me bring you over to my cocktail, the happiness cocktail, okay? Bring it. This is the Cotahil. This is the Cotahio I've had in Mexico. How do I have a recipe for it? Well, every time I've had this delicious glass of coffee called the Cotahio has been in Mexico, and I have asked the bartender, how in the hell did you make this so delicious? And so I've made my own variation. Some use tequila, some don't. I haven't had the one in Spain. Apparently, that is completely different. So from the Cotahios I've had, 
This is my recipe, okay? All right. What you're going to need is your shaker and your jigger, and we're going to measure out one ounce of your tequila, okay? Mm -hmm. You're going to do one shot of espresso Every espresso, whether you're pulling it yourself, you're doing the Nespresso, I've noticed that there's, you know, a different definition of one shot. So safe to say one ounce. If you want to do two ounces, trust me, I've done it before. No, I like no. the extra you, coffee. You, Come on. Yeah. You know, you got to, you got to like, hey, look, you got the jigger. Is it an ounce? Is it two uh, ounces? All right. Know, Come on. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> Let's call do your thing ounce. there. Hey, I'm not going to, I'm not going to bully you into just one ounce of uh, espresso. It's going to be an ounce. <laughs> yeah. So you have that. You have your tequila. You have your espresso. Now the liquor 43 comes in. And I prefer one and a half ounce of liquor 43. Some only like one ounce. Definitely up to your preference. We're not using simple syrup here. So I think the liquor 43 adds just a little bit more of that sweetness. But again, up to you. Up to you what you want. If you like it more on that coffee bitter side, do that. But then once you have those three ingredients in there, all you're gonna do is add ice and you're gonna shake that puppy like there is no tomorrow because that espresso is gonna give you that froth and that froth is what you want. Hopefully, if you've listened long enough, you have rocks glasses packing your freezer. You can't even open your freezer without rocks glasses or coops glasses falling out, okay? Yeah, by now, hopefully you've started to pack your freezer glasses. And people are wondering where to put the pizza. <laughs> yeah, hey, eat it. We got to save room for the glasses, all right? Yeah. So you have your chilled rocks glass. I add a little bit of ice to mine. You don't have to. I like the ice to melt in because I also like to sip. If I don't put ice in it, I'm sorry, that baby's gone in two seconds. But it's up to your preference. Uh, I've had both. I've had one in a coupe glass. I've had one in a rocks glass with a thick cube of ice. Totally up to you, but you're gonna just double strain it to Brad's point. Same with the espresso martini. You don't want those ice shards in there. Uh, so double strain that with your hawthorn and your fine mesh. And then I like to do this is grab an orange peel and your Y peeler and mm -hmm. just peel that orange over the glass, express those oils and drop just that orange peel in there. You know me, you know, you have to garnish. Guess what? This is your one exception. You want to know why? Why? Tell me. It's not going to last long. <laughs> this one ain't going to last long. I promise you that. Yeah, totally. It's there you I, got mean, it. I am salivating over the Katahio. I wish I actually, I probably might make one next. Yeah, time. please. God, it's so good. And I got all the um, I've had some in Mexico that have tequila, and a lot of them don't. A lot of them don't have tequila. For me, if I'm gonna have a cocktail, I want to have a I want to have a cocktail. Mm -hmm. So I added the tequila, and I've had some with tequila in Mexico that I thought were really delicious. But more often than not, when I get a Cotahio, it doesn't have the hard booze in there. It just has liquor 43 and espresso. So make it how you like it. But I think my recipe is pretty darn good. And if you're interested, you should try it. Cool. Yeah. I'm down. No, I'm 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 in on this uh this this version. So Oof. nice job. All right, yeah, so try those recipes, but hopefully by now we all have our cocktails. I know I do. So I'm ready for our cocktail historian, Uncle Brad, to walk us through the journey of the espresso martini. I can do that, all right. I don't 
know if you can, there's no ice, but uh, oh, no. it's Hillary. here. My glass is here. <laughs> yep, yep. I'm ready. I'm ready for our history lesson with a cocktail. History lesson with a cocktail. All right. The story of the espresso martini. So, Jules, this was invented in 1983. So, along comes this fella by the name of Dick Bradsell in mm. London. Now, Dick was a bartender. He started off in the 70s, and, and he grew up out on the Isle of Wight. He threw this party at his parents' house, and it was like this big, raging party, and he kind of wrecked the place. The place was left in shambles. So, he left. <laughs> and he moved into London to live with nice. his uncle. Good move, yeah. Yeah, I know. It's like, okay, hey, thanks, Mom and Dad. Sorry about the mess. Gotta go. Yeah. Peace so, out. Yeah. Sorry. So sorry. It's a bit of a mess there. Goodbye. And so anyway, so he, uh, he, his uncle runs the Naval and Military Club in London. This is uh, in the St. James area. And this is where he learned how to cook, how to be a butler, but also how to make a martini. And Ooh. Dick falls in love with bartending. And he makes the decision, I want to be a career bartender. So Dick was a bit of a quirky guy, right? And he had a style of his own. Maybe you're going to come across a Dick's, Dick's bio at some point, and you'll, you'll kind of see his early life. He's, he's a bit of a nut, right? So, But he's also a man after my own heart because he decided, you know, cocktails are kind of where it's at. This is where I'm going to let my creativity be expressed. And I know we're talking about foundational cocktails, but I, I love the art of crafting a cocktail. And this guy was an impeccable dresser. So mm -hmm. this is the kind of guy that you'd see him behind the bar. And he was wearing a tailored suit, a knotted tie. He had French cuff shirts. He had clean, shined dress shoes. His hair was perfectly coiffed. And this guy was the epitome of professional. He was also the kind of guy that kept a lot of secrets, right? Like lots of them. And you can really respect a person for that. Like anybody that can keep a secret, I can respect. And this guy, right. being a bartender, he was especially good at that. And this is kind of like also why bartenders keep secrets, right? I mean, it's probably not right. the reason why, but yeah. it's like he exemplifies that. So the guy was well-read. He could talk to you about macroeconomics, and he could also give you the address of, like, a swingers party that was happening in a London mansion. Like, this guy knew everything about everything, right? And he insisted, absolutely insisted, on four rules, and I'll call them five, right? Mm -hmm. He also insisted on one thing, and that was double-straining his cocktails. But the four key rules that he insisted on were, one, you always use fresh ingredients. At that time, there was a lot of prepackaged juices, right? And we kind of got used to orange juice in a container, limeade, lime, like all these different prepackaged types of, of juices. He's like, no, we use fresh. The second thing is, is you always chill your glass. Wow. Mm -hmm. taking, taking rules out of your playbook or, or vice versa. I took rules out of his, right? <laughs> yeah. Third, you have copious amounts of ice on hand, and you shake with that ice, right? And then you joyfully, number four, you joyfully and professionally administer hospitality to your guests. These are the rules that every solid cocktail bar follows today. Thank you, Dick Bradsell. This guy is really the man behind the modern 
professional bartender. Mm-hmm. His rules are ubiquitous because Dick was a train. Like he, he worked at all these different bars, like famous bars too. Like the cocktail scene in London was like, you know, the Detroit, the pharmacy. He worked at the Atlantic Bar and Grill, which actually named their bar after him. They called it Dick's Bar, but he only worked there six months and he left and I guess they kept the name. And he trained in tons of people who are from all over the world. So the guy has worked in and trained in numerous amounts of people and they've spread all across the globe, including the United States. And this guy had a knack for cocktails. He's the kind of guy that you could walk in and say, these are the things that I like and he would invent a cocktail for you on the spot. Wow, Uncle Brad, I'm seeing a lot of similarities. Oh my God, I I didn't realize how much of a man after my own heart this guy was, or maybe I'm a man after his heart, I'd like to think, right? I mean, he's dead now, but. <laughs> well, yeah. Nonetheless, hopefully he's looking down or looking up, depending upon what he was into. Hopefully he's he's listening to this and saying, Yeah, what yes, is that, divine inspiration? You know, maybe, maybe. I'm gonna call it Brad Sills inspiration. Here's the thing about this yes. guy is that he was like the most famous bartender you never heard his name, right? Like he just, Mm. he stayed out of the limelight. He was not an attention-seeking kind of person. So like I said, he had a knack for making cocktails. And along with the espresso martini, he invented the Bramble, which is one of my absolute favorite cocktails, Mm -hmm. the Bramble. And I forget about it all of the time, you know, we talked about what's your favorite cocktail? And that's gin, right? Gin and creme de mure, which is a uh, blackberry liqueur. Blackberry. The yeah. best bramble I've ever had was actually at the Virgin Airline Club in London. When I was there before a flight, I ordered a bramble. I was like, oh my God, this is delicious. Mm-hmm. The thing about like London is like the cocktails, they make great cocktails in like hotels, in airports and stuff. Like the London cocktail scene is kind of a thing. We'll talk about that. So anyway, so he invented the Bramble, he invented the Russian Spring Punch, and he invented the Espresso Martini. Among many, 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 many more drinks. Okay, this guy's legacy is is not short. As the story goes with the Espresso Martini, we're at Fred's bar here in, it's probably not Fred's bar, it was probably Fred's something profound, but we're at Fred's, right? Fred's Americans. Yeah, yeah. it's it's Fred's place, I don't know. Yeah, (laughs) Sorry, Fred's. 1983, a young, attractive, and likely underage aspiring model comes in, and she's an up-and-comer. She has since become a world-famous model, okay? And rumors are it was Kate Moss or it was Naomi Campbell, but Dick being the ever-professional, he has never divulged exactly who it was. But that's who it's been narrowed down to is Kate Moss or Naomi Campbell. Okay, So they come in, or one of them comes in. I should say not both. (laughs) One of them comes in and uh, says this exact phrase. She says, I need something to wake me up and f*** me up. So Dick says, all right, I got you. Looks around, grabs some espresso, grabs some Kahlua, grabs some vodka, grabs some uh, sugar syrup, and boom. He invents the espresso martini, which just, it's, wow. it's one of his most famous cocktails. He just puts it together on the spot like that. That's Puts impressive. it together on the spot and makes a classic, which is the story behind many of his cocktails. Wow. So this guy is, in my opinion, the reason why we were so martini crazy 
back in like the early '90s and mid '90s, actually even late '90s, uh, depending on who you talk to, uh, martini lists prevailed for many years into the 2000s, even, right? And then the cocktail revolution starts to happen. So this guy, this guy, single-handedly, I believe, kicked that martini craze into high gear. But whatever the debate is on that, he was 100% responsible for the London cocktail scene because his style was quirky. It was professional. You were meant to have fun. So he was the professional behind the bar. Everybody else was having fun. He was all about the experience versus just the drink in the, in the, in the glass. In fact, if you go to London, even today, it's, it's, there's a huge cocktail scene. And, and you and I were talking, we're like, you know what? We've got to find a way to go to cocktail week, which is in October in London next year, because I, I, I didn't realize in the years I used to travel to London how great that cocktail scene was, but I was experiencing yeah. it. Like one of the most amazing cocktails I can think of that stands out in my mind is this Pim's Cup I had at mm. the Berkeley Hotel in the blue bar. And the bar is all blue. It's like everything in the bar is blue. <laughs> Literally blue bar. Literally in some blue bar. But I'm like, I'm watching this mixologist, this bartender make a Bloody Mary. And he's like rolling the Bloody Mary, which if you don't know what rolling is, it's like when you pour the drink from one vessel to another and it doesn't go it, like it just rolls into the glass. Like it's just, it's mm -hmm. like watching artwork happen. Mm -hmm. And then he made my Pim's cup and what came out was this like amazing garnish, this beautiful, beautiful thing that came out. And then the drink, you know, I was obviously sitting under this garnish and it was beautiful. Like it was just, it was an epic cocktail that tasted delicious. And I'm like, oh my God, like this was an experience. That is the kind of thing that you experience all the time in London. So if you've not been yeah. and you're listening to this podcast, one, I'm not somebody who loves to go to cities when I travel. I love the city of London. That is my all-time favorite destination in Brad, Europe. We got to go. Oh, my God. Totally. That and the French countryside. Like, I love the French countryside. Oh, oh God. I mean, give me a break. Like, when, seriously. Like, how great was it when we were in the Alps, right? And Stop it. At, at uh, Ian's yeah. wedding. Oh, man. Oh, that was awesome. Yeah. So, all right. That's a story for another day. So, moral of the story, anyone listening, Uncle Brad and I, happy to travel, okay? <laughs> yeah, totally. Like, <laughs> I will jump on that bus. cocktails were there. Plane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I will sit and gush about it. So, anyway, yeah. so the London cocktail scene is where it's at. That cocktail scene gave birth to the American cocktail revolution. And people will debate me, and I will tell you, you are lying. Because Dick Bradsell brought cocktails into the modern era and brought mm -hmm. fresh ingredients. He brought professionalism. He brought a good atmosphere and hospitality. And this guy brought creativity. So he took all of these like classic cocktails and put these twists on it, a la Join Jewels. So this guy is like, we should have a Santos candle with Dick Bradsell on the outside Literally. of that candle. And we should be burning that before every podcast. Channel him every time. Yeah. Dick, if you're listening... I heart you. Yeah, we uh, aspire to be like you. And I think together, we make a pretty good team to to do so. I hope so. Maybe one day, you and I, we like open a bar. We're like, okay. Yeah. Right. Open a bar or, or make our own booze, whichever comes first. Ooh, that'd be fun. Yes. Yeah. Okay. History of espresso martini. Dick, can't thank you enough. All right? Thanks, buddy. You the man. 
Now we got to leave people with a tip. Tip. I think the best way to tip y'all out is with some of the questions you guys had. We have a good question that was asked on our Instagram. Uncle Brad, Emily OC, it's Emily2Wise underscore OC. She asked, can you talk about which size of ice cubes to use when stirring, shaking, and serving? Mm -hmm. This is a great question. This is a great question. This is a good question. And I'll first start by saying I love the fact that people are asking questions and what a great way to like, okay, sure, here's your tip. Like, I love this. So Emily, thank you for listening and thank you for sending in your tip. Mm -hmm. Okay. So let's go back to making ice. And we we talked about this tip uh, a few episodes ago. When I make ice, I I make it in like a big Playmate cooler and I, you know, I... Mm -hmm fill that Playmate cooler up and I let it freeze for 24 hours, which means it doesn't freeze all the way through. And then I take that top layer of ice off and obviously all the water runs out. And I make chunks of ice from that. Right. All of those odd sized chunks, I will use in shaking a cocktail because I like the big chunks when I shake a cocktail because it plows through the ice like a boulder and it hits the end of the cocktail shaker. Literally, it's like a rock. You know, mm-hmm. and it's starting to kind of break up, but it's not getting slushy. So you would never use right. crushed ice, right? Unless you're in a pickle, then yeah, I mean, you're in a pickle, sure, right? I've been right. there. Yeah. You got to use what what you got. You know, <laughs> <laughs> if if you're listening to this and you're a bartender at the Ritz Carlton, do not ever right. use crushed ice right. in that shaker. No, no. I've been in the back of a car trying to make cocktails at like a beach, you know, barbecue, right? So like worst case scenario, shake your cocktails. But if you have- Okay, the for the record, the car wasn't moving, control, right? Like you were just- No, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah. no, 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 yeah, no. Okay, but cool. you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, not that I haven't, no. I mean, when I was a kid, I think we heard about this in the South, like when I was a kid, I made a cocktail in the back of the car. Anyways, so, ooh, getting a little far afield. Okay, so well, uh, anyways- <laughs> <laughs> Real is back. Yeah, big, big chunk of ice. So like nice sized chunks of ice are great in that case, but you could also use like, so I'll go get, if because look, I've got a crappy ice maker on my fridge, which, oh, that fridge is like, it's it's not even that old, but it's going, it's going. And I'm here to tell you, you ever want to know about a bad fridge don't buy? I'm going to tell you right now because I got duped. Anyways, let me, let me like, <laughs> let me let that go for a second. So I will go buy like big bags of of ice and keep those in my freezer and I'll use those. And they're about an inch, inch by inch. And those those work just fine. Totally fine. Yeah. You can work that all day long. When you get small, that's when it starts to dilute too much. And what you care about here is chilling and dilution. That we, we just took care of shaking. So now we're talking about stirring. Same mm-hmm. thing. Right. I believe that big ice works here because... You want to chill, but not dilute too much. So with a shaker, right. you're doing a little bit of dilution and rapid chilling. Right, because you're going to break off that ice. Right. When you stir, mm-hmm. you are chilling. And the bigger the ice, the less dilution you're going to have. If you're making a drink and you want to kind of dilute it down a little bit, maybe you're putting a little fashion in there or something like that. That makes sense. Go ahead and maybe put some smaller ice cubes in there. Otherwise, big chunks of ice work great. Mm -hmm. When you're serving a drink, it all depends upon the drink that you're serving. So some drinks don't take any ice, like a Sazerac. 
Some drinks might have a chunk of ice in them, like an old-fashioned. Some drinks might want crushed ice, like a mint julep. It all depends upon the drink. The mint julep is, is one of my favorite cocktails. And that ice, like that drink starts out strong because all it is is bourbon, simple syrup, and mint. And then that that ice will melt and kind of dilute down a little bit. And so the drink right. changes over time, right? Well, so, I think that's kind of the same thing with like the Mai Tai, right? Like the Mai Tai is supposed to be very booze forward. Mm-hmm. So when you pour the Mai Tai into crushed ice, it's going to stay cold. That's why you want as much ice in there as you can. But when it does start to melt, it can start to mellow out the Mai Tai because I've had my fair share of strong AF Mai Tais. <laughs> and I've let that sit for a second in the crushed ice. Yeah. And then it mellows out, right? Yep. So I think the crushed ice can help to mellow out those cocktails. I think when you stir with those big ice cubes, it helps to sweat the ice. So uh-huh. you get that little bit of dilution. And then when you shake with a medium to big chunks of ice, you're breaking down those chunks to then dilute your drink. So it does matter the ice you use, but it depends on the cocktail you're making as well. Thanks for the question. There we go. Espresso martini, ice matters, so does your coffee. Well, there you have it. Cheers, Uncle Brad. Cheers, Jules, and thank you, everyone, for listening to the show. Don't worry. We will have the photos and recipes for today's cocktails on the website, joinjewels.com. And if you got questions or comments for us, hit us up on the Insta at The Art of Drinking Podcast. And of course, find Jules at Join Jewels or Cigars and Vino. That's me also on the Insta. And hey, subscribe to my cocktail club on Facebook. All you'll need to do is search Join Jewels Cocktail Club and there you'll see what other cocktail enthusiasts are shaking up. This is a Red Rock Music Podcast. Don't forget, subscribe, like, and review The Art of Drinking with Join Jewels and your favorite uncle wherever you get your podcasts.